Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Good day, everyone. This is Ugo, and this is another episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. Once again, like we do every couple months, more or less, we launch uh, a contest at our Facebook group, the Traveling Image Makers Corner, uh, that you can find at ttim.photo/facebook, and we invite our group members to submit some of their best travel photos. And then we pick two of them and we invite them on the show uh, to talk about their photography, their travels. Um, so normally uh, I do an interview with uh, with one of the, the winners and Ralph Velasco, my co-host, does an interview with uh, uh, the other winner that you will be able to hear that uh, just after this one. So uh, for the contest that ended in the month of October 2018, my winner was Peter de Hoog. I'm, pro- I'm hope I'm pronouncing uh, your name right, Peter. Yes, uh, almost. It's oh, Hoog. Oh, but oh, everyone, right. has, everyone has problems with the with the G at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's the Dutch G. It's always complicated for <laughs> non-Dutch speakers to pronounce it. Um, so, welcome, Peter. Uh, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you very much. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. And I said you're Dutch, and you, you're based in the Netherlands. Where uh, where are you based exactly? In Delft. Delft. Uh, it's uh, a little town near Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically lived there my whole life. So, so first of all, congratulations for uh, winning our contest. And um, this is a this is an invitation also for um, everyone else. Uh, if, the, if you're already a member of our Facebook group, you can just uh, submit a photo to our current contest, who that will be running for uh, still some, some time. Um, if you're not a member of the group, uh, it's free to join. You can join. Uh, just again, I'll, I'll uh, say the, uh, the address again, but you can find it in, we'll put a link in the show notes for this episode. But it is at ttim.photo slash Facebook. Very easy to find. Or you just go to Facebook, search for the Traveling Image Makers Corner group. Just join. It's free. Uh, you can post your uh, travel photos. You can uh, talk with uh, more than a thousand members there. So it's a nice, lively community. Uh, very friendly. And you can submit your photos for our contest and get a chance to be featured. Uh, in one of the upcoming episodes, just like Peter is uh, today. So congratulations, Peter. Uh, and beautiful photo of Venice that you will be able to see in uh, in the blog post that goes together with this episode. Um, <coughs> so first of all, uh, please introduce yourself to our audience. Um, who is Peter de Hoog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's almost, almost good. Almost good. Uh, I tried. Oh. I'm trying. <laughs> And um, what? How did you get started in photography, and what kind of role has photography in your life? Uh, well, it started about 14 years ago. Um, my relation uh, just ended, and I was looking for um, well something to do. And I bought a, a power shot, the small compact camera, 
and uh, because friends also were in, into uh, photography. And basically, well, it took off from there. Um, within a year, I bought a, a digital uh, uh, DSLR, and um, yeah, I started photographing everything basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, zoos, landscapes, uh, at one point even uh, concerts, um, and did that for uh, a website. Then after, well, maybe six, seven years, uh, I suddenly had enough of photography, uh, dropped it for a couple of years, and now I'm back. And it, it, it's, it's um, how do you say it? It, it? it increases every day, the mm-hmm. amount of time I put in photography. It's become a real passion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it already was. I, I did. I really did a lot of uh, of concert photography. Um, but yeah, there was a, a artistic blackout mm. at one point. Yeah, yeah, it happens. You fall into a rut, and uh, yes. it's not easy to to get out of it. It's it's great that you were able to um, uh, relieve yourself. Uh, so. Uh, and you, you also do, do travel quite a lot, or is that occasional? What's your... That's occasional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to do a, a big trip every two years. Uh, and the last trip this summer, um, it was three weeks. Three weeks. That For me, is, it's a big trip. Um, I went to uh, Germany, Austria, uh, Dolomites. Um, I even stopped uh, in a place called Campo d'Arsego, near Padua. Mm-hmm. Um, with family from friends, uh, and then went to um, Rodero near Milan, and then back to to um, home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love traveling, but uh, it's quite expensive to do, and I also have a limited amount of um, uh, free days. So, and did you take this photo during that trip? No, no? Um, because I had to. We had some car trouble, so I had to skip Venice uh, during my road trip. I booked a separate, uh, well, three and a half days. Um, at the end of September this year. Um, and that's where I made this picture. Oh, okay. You did. You, you had to, to come back. Was it your first time in Venice? It was. Yeah, so you, you could not miss it. I mean, you had missed that trip. You, you needed to come back. Yeah, but the trip would only give me, uh, well, not even a, a full day. And this trip uh, gave me three and a half days. Uh, unfortunately, I after one and a half day, I uh, ran into some food poisoning. So mm. that was. Uh, it's a yep. kind of an unlucky destination for you, Venice, right? It's, yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you, it, it, I found it so. It, it's such a, such a beautiful city. Yeah, it's, yeah. It really is, and I, I definitely have to come back. It was uh, crowded, but it was really nice. It, it can be really nice, yeah. Um, so, would you like to, to describe this photo for uh, for our listeners, people who are just listening to this? Again, you will find this on our uh, site at ttim.photo on the show notes for this episode. But uh, for those who are just listening, can you describe this photo? Uh, the photo was taken on a, um, a square near a church where a one, um, and I think it's a tourist, uh, one tourist was looking at a map, uh, standing on the bridge. But on the other side of the image, there is a uh, a, a gondola, uh, and well, the light was was really 
beautifully and, and well, the, the image, uh, and I'm not a, a travel photographer in general, but this image, it, it, it looked um, perfect. Mm -hmm. It's maybe not the wrong, but it, 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 it's, it's completed each other. Um, yeah, but I'll maybe try to uh, describe it what I'm seeing myself. I see there's uh, the, the left part of the image, there is this bridge and there's this person atop the bridge that is looking at something at the map or his uh, cell phone or whatever. And on the, the right hand side, there is a canal with a boat and a, and a gate and a, a building in the background, which is uh, partly painted yellow and partly with uh, uh, bare bricks, which is so typical of Venice. I think what what makes this photo uh, and the reason why I, I picked it as my my favorite for this contest is uh, one is the the composition. Uh, it's a very simple composition, but it's very well. I mean, it's obvious that you put some thought into the composition. You were very careful to align the camera so that the background was perfectly parallel to the plane of the of the sensor of the camera. Uh, all the lines are either vertical or horizontal, which works here. So it, it's very geometric. Um, and there's the balance between this left side, uh, which is brighter than the, the right side, because the light is coming from the left, is actually coming from the street uh, outside of the uh, of the picture to the left. And the, the, the sun is lying low, so maybe this was early morning or late afternoon. And it's uh, hitting this person, but it's uh, and it's partially hitting the boat on the other side. So it's a striking, uh, striking light. So it's uh, uh, it's an elegant. Com I would say it's an elegant composition. Uh, Thank you very much. You describe it so beautifully. Okay, <laughs> I was trying to to do my best. Um, is it exemplary of the approach that you you used your, when you do photos? I mean. It's hard to tell, but I would say that, as I said before, you put some thought into this, right? It was not a, a casual snapshot. You thought about the composition, about being careful, aligning the camera with the with the building and the lines and the bridge and so on. Is it typical of you to take the time and study the composition or you are more instinctual? Well, in this case, I think it was more instinctual because oh, I'm... I think it's more street photography. Mm -hmm. uh, um, well, everyone, everything was uh, uh, at, the, at, the, at the correct time, uh, at, at, the, at the, the, the correct place. Um, usually, I, I try to avoid people as much as possible, um, and I, I try to to, um, to think about my compositions. Yeah. So if you, if you try to avoid people, what kind of subjects do you like to, to photograph mostly? <laughs> Wildlife, landscapes, oh. uh, long exposures. Uh, even in Venice, I tried the, the, the long exposures uh, early in the morning. Um, and yeah, and, and um, especially in Venice, I, I try to find the compositions with the, with the canals as much as... Um, yeah, I, I try to, to find the compositions with the canals in the in the in the length of the mm -hmm. of the composition. So you have the leading lines. Yeah, so use the the canal as a, as a leading line into the yes. right. So these are your types of subjects, uh, but are you 
always looking for, for the best light. You try to, to shoot at the edge of the day, uh, blue hour, golden hour, or are you an all-time shooter? Um, depends on, on where I am uh, at home. I try to, do, uh, to find the best light uh, while on the road. It's not always possible. So I try to make the best of it. And that means sometimes it means uh, shooting at the, at the, the light that's available. Um, and sometimes just go uh, get up very early and, uh, and see what's possible. Uh, in Venice, I, I had a couple of really early um, rises um, to grab the bow to the, to the Burano um, or to go to, to the same Marco Square. Yes. Um, and I, I basically went for the, for the best light. Mm. While on the road trip, it wasn't always possible. I mean, I always say, it, even when I travel, uh, we might have just a few days and it doesn't make sense to restrict our shooting time to only when we have the best light. Sometimes we have to do with whatever light we get and try to make the, the best of it. And it's always possible. I mean, in, uh, even if the light is harsh, you can do black and white and it, sometimes it works beautifully even with uh, with high contrast and harsh light. So I'm not, and yeah. um, I, I never, I, I always try to shoot at all times of the day if I have a good subject. So I guess that that's typical for, <laughs> yeah. for travelers. So let's maybe talk a little bit about your uh, your road trip. You said you traveled across Europe. You said Germany and yes. where else? Um, I went to um, in Germany to Berg Elz, uh, uh, Neuschwanstein in uh, in uh, Schwangau. Um, I went to the Eibsee. Uh, so basically all the famous landmarks. Um, and then from Germany I went to Austria to the to Kremel. Uh, took the Hoge Alpstrasse, uh, next to the Grossglockner, mm -hmm. uh, went to the Grossglockner, of course, and then uh, straight into the Dolomites, uh, to the Prachtser, uh, the, the, the Lago di Brai. Brai, well, yes, yeah. Yeah. And the Trecim, uh, I visited. Um, yeah, the Trecime di Lavaredo, or the Dreisinnen in German. It's so beautiful over there. It's really beautiful. So you're, you're also, uh, I mean, this, yeah. this photo is urban, but you're also a nature landscape shooter, right? I, I try to be as, as much, a, uh, um, I try to do a more a more nature and landscapes. Uh, yeah. It gives me more peace. Mm. Uh, and of all the places that you visited during this road trip, which one was your favorite? Which one would you recommend that others do? Oh, that's a difficult one. Uh, um, I would say the Dolomites, mm -hmm. uh, and 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 uh, I went to. Um, I think the Tejim is beautiful, but uh, yeah, lots of tourists. Yeah. I also uh, visited the Val di Murin. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's uh, well, there basically wasn't any tourists to find, so that's good. Um, it's um, a valley with all kinds of uh, watermills. Um, I have no clue how to pronounce the name. It's Longyaru. No, I. Okay. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. Never mind. <laughs> that people look for Google for valley with watermills in the Well, Dolomites. if you go for Valdi Murin, 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 you should find. Uh, okay. You should find it. 
or check my Instagram feed. It's somewhere in there. Uh, but it it it's a, it was such a nice place. The first time I was there, only four hikers and me, uh, and then it started to rain. And the second time, it was only me and uh, and a couple with two or uh, three dogs. So no tourists at all. It was really really nice. What's your Instagram, by the way? Sorry. What's my your Instagram? P D H O G. P D. Yes. Okay, let me see here. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. So, oops. So today, Instagram is dead. <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. Now I, I tried, and it says, "Oops, an error occurred." Okay, fine. We'll go to Instagram on another occasion <laughs> to okay. look at your stream. Um, okay, cool. Uh, do you have any other trips coming up? What's your next destination that you either planning to go to or somewhere that you would love to go to? I would love to go to uh, to uh, Canada. Uh -huh. That that will be uh, probably in a couple of years because well I need to collect all the money, um, and I would love to go again back to Scotland uh, and to the Dolomites again. Um, I haven't seen the only the, I have seen only the the the, the, the a few landmarks and there's so much more to find there yeah, it's sure. such a nice nice uh, area sure um how do you see photography playing a role in your life is it going to be something that you're going to do more and more you intend to somewhat uh, turn it into uh, maybe a side gig or or just keeping it as a hobby um it's hard to say. At the moment, I think it's it's it's. I tend to be uh, to keep it as a hobby, uh, but I'm also trying to earn a little bit of money. Um, mm, who isn't? <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it, it should be a hobby. Uh, mm. I tried to turn it into a business once, um, and that also took part of the fun. Um, and I don't want to do it again. I'm an IT guy. I love IT. Doing it as a professional. Uh, and this should just be for relaxation. Yeah. And what kind of equipment do you use? Uh, I have a Canon 5D Mark III uh, and a bunch of um, L lenses. So the 7040, the 24-70, uh, uh, the 72-200. And I own a Sigma 150-500 uh, for the for the wildlife stuff. Yeah. Where, where do you shoot wildlife? Um... Well, part in the zoo, but that's with my nephew. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other part, we have some some nature reserves here in the, in the Netherlands. Um, near Amsterdam, there's one, and we also have a couple of uh, areas in the in the eastern part of the country, in uh, Gelderland, uh, and that's that's full of uh, of um, uh, deers and and foxes. And apparently, somewhere there's a wolf uh, hanging around. Um, but that that's that, those are the main areas. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, so it was uh, nice talking to you. Uh, before we, we say goodbye, would you like to tell our audience where they can find about you? You already mentioned your Instagram, but do you have a website, a Facebook page, or any other place where people can go and find you? I have them all, but I will only give you the website. It's better to pronounce. Uh, it's uh, www.peterdehoog.nl. So, that's, so basically just my name that's, and 
P-E-T-E-R-D-E-H-O-O-G. Yes. Correct? Dot NL. for Netherlands. Okay, great. Um, really love talking to you about your, your photography today. And again, congratulations for uh, winning our little contest. I hope you will submit more photos. Maybe we'll talk again. I'll or do my best. We'll meet somewhere in the Dolomites or in Scotland or in the Netherlands, Italy, Venice, wherever. Would be nice. Would be fun. That sounds, to uh, shoot that sounds like fun. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, it was nice talking to you. Likewise. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. I'm your co-host, Ralph Velasco. And this episode, Ugo and I are each talking to uh, the people that we've chosen as the winner, winners of this period's photo contest. And I would like to welcome to the show Matthew Brown. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Uh, thanks for the invite. Great to be here. Great. And congratulations on uh, being this period's winner who, I, who I've chosen. And uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background. Tell us about you and what you do. Sure. Um, so I'm uh, a travel photographer and I live in Wales in the UK. And um, I, I, and really I, I got my start with photography about um, maybe eight or so years ago purely as, you know, a hobby as, as, as many of us do. Um, and as time went on and as, as you know, my ability improved. Um, the hobby became somewhat of a hobble and I started getting the odd uh, paid gig and, and, and that sort of thing and, um, and and last year I actually uh, quit the rat race and went full time with it and uh, I've now got a book out, uh, a book of landscapes here in Wales uh, which is called Wales in Photographs um, but yeah I've, I've, got, uh, I've got some portfolio shots all over the world including the one you uh, you very generously picked for the topic of discussion here in Singapore. Great. What were you doing before you became a uh, professional photographer? I was a web developer by trade. Um, so yes, from, from from one kind of technology to another, really. Um, yes, it's uh, it's been something that I've done since way back when. I'm just trying to mentally work out how many years. It was about 2006 that I was uh, working full time. I was a web developer right up until last year, so it's been a fair old slog, and um, yeah, this, this is a this is a nice change of scene for me. Great, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would uh, love to do what you've done and go from uh, whatever their professions are at the, currently to to being a full time professional photographer. How how was that uh, move for you? Was it scary? Uh, you know, how to tell, oh, tell, tell us about that. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, ultimately, uh, ultimately worth it. I, I you know, I, I was in um, a, a contracted position, and the, the contract came to an end. And uh, a few months before that, our first son was born, and I'd sort of converted a room of my house into a studio to get lots of pictures of him. And I just felt like it was. Uh, it was a real now or never moment in my life, you know. If, if I if I didn't pursue this career now, I don't, you know, I don't know if I would again. And it, honestly, it was it was quite incredible timing. Um, only about a week after my previous job had sort of come to an end, 
I got a phone call out of the blue from uh, Amberley Publishing, uh, a book company here in the UK, and, and, and they'd seen some of my work in Wales uh, on social media, Instagram, Twitter, that sort of thing. And they were looking for a, a photographer from Wales to prepare a book for them. Um, they required about a hundred or so uh, pictures in a landscape format, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it, all, it all just came together quite remarkably and quite quickly actually I'm, I'm very very lucky wow that's something uh, it's not often that you know we, we it put stuff up on social media all the time and uh, I guess we all hope that uh, we can be discovered in that sense but you were that's that's fantastic that's a great story that's that's what I'm telling everybody you know it, oh, keep your social media current and uh, you know only show your best work because you really never know who's watching yeah, exactly. Um, um, I I don't pursue a lot of stock photography and sales of uh, you know stock photos, but uh, you know I, I encourage people to tag their images too because I got my one and only book cover because I had tagged an image on Facebook, and there was a Lithuanian author who had written a book, and he must have been searching for Lithuania or Vilnius and he found my image and told the public his publisher that he wanted to use that shot for the cover and so they approached me and I got my first book cover which was pretty cool that's incredible yeah well so that that's uh, these things do happen folks <laughs> so I guess we're both living proof of that wonderful Absolutely. yeah great well Let's talk about this fine image that uh, you made, and uh, why don't you describe it for us and tell us where and how you you came to how it came to be? Sure. Um, so the the building you see in the foreground it's the Buddha Tooth Relic Temple in Chinatown in Singapore, and uh, it's just this classic old school looking temple that sort of sits in the middle of the city and it's 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 footage from ground level but um if if you look around there are some uh, stairways to adjacent buildings that you can uh, let yourself up and, and get somewhat of an elevated view looking down upon it which is which is what i've done in this image um i've actually done it at night as well which is just that extra layer of uh, spectacle really to the image you've got uh, this this incredible juxtaposition i guess of old and new you know you've, you've you've got this temple in the foreground and all of the skyscrapers of the business district in the background um although i must i must confess to all your listeners i i thought this was a you know an old temple decades old sort of thing and i, I was on wikipedia this afternoon ahead of this interview and i discovered it was only built in 2002 so there we go <laughs> but um it certainly looks the part anyway it's it's just an incredible viewpoint interesting yeah okay that was going to be my next question is when was it actually built so uh just 2002 but it, it certainly looks uh very old school and i'm sure built in an old traditional way of what they probably you know have hundreds of years old in that in that city in that country um and uh, talk to us about uh, yeah I, I love and I, I've seen some of your other work and I, I can see that you you enjoy and are very very good at at 
long exposure and uh, night photography. Tell us about uh, the technical aspects of this image. Sure. Um, so the angle uh, doesn't really lend itself to anything except a very, very wide angle lens. And unfortunate for, for, unfortunately for me at that time, all I had on me was uh, a 20 millimeter prime, which still you couldn't quite get everything in. So th this is actually um, a vertical panorama of, I think, three different images mm. stitched to together to get this. Um, and in fact, there may be two layers to that as well to capture the foreground and background and just get that dynamic, which is, as you can probably tell, there's, there's an awful lot going on in that image. Uh, in terms of uh, you know lights in the distance and lights in the foreground and and from a from the perspective of post processing, um, I say there was quite a lot that went into this. Not just to stitch the image, but to to get the tones looking natural. You know, you, you, as you can probably guess, that there's a lot of uh, orange tungsten light in the scene that I had to um, uh, work around to get something that looked kind of clean and, and, and natural looking. Yeah, I mean, it's tack sharp. Uh, you know, it's certainly through the perspective of the building itself, and then in the distance, you've got these very, very modern buildings with light beams shooting off of them and just skyscrapers that could be almost any major city in the world. And then this very traditional looking building in the foreground that although not that old by most standards uh, certainly stands out in this image uh, and I want to apologize to our listeners and to you that if uh, people can hear in the background some drums pounding and people singing but uh, I'm in Jodhpur India right now and they are actually doing some sort of a uh, music display outside of my hotel room so <laughs> that's good timing so yeah I don't know yeah it was perfect timing so I don't know but yeah I mean you and I had some trouble or I had some trouble coming together with you on this interview because uh, I am in India and uh, the last place I was and where we we had already made it arrangements to, to speak was uh, Pushkar and uh, did not have any bandwidth there so we had to to extend it so here we are so I appreciate your patience um, not a problem and, and that's travel photography for you yeah it sure is it's it's one of the most frustrating things is just trying to get online and you know, keep your business going and you you really really realize how dependent you are on the internet uh, for your business when when you don't have it <laughs> right absolutely yeah so um, tell us a little bit about the exposure settings here can you uh, I can indeed. So this would be uh, 30 seconds uh, for, for each of the exposures that I've uh, stitched together. Um, and and, and one of the details about this building, uh, by which I mean the building I'm shooting from, it's, uh, as I mentioned, it's a public stairway. Um, there was uh, a gentleman who I think had been... Um, how can I say, I think he'd had a bit too much to drink, who was kind of uh, stumbling up the stairs back to his home while I was uh, taking this picture. <laughs> um, so I was very 
sort of jealously guarding my tripod legs, thinking <laughs> he was going to bump into it, and I sort of steered him helpfully towards the stairs. Um, so yes, the, the, so, so, some interesting backstory to the picture itself. Yeah. Um, if somebody wanted to visit this location to, to, to take a similar shot for themselves, the, the building is, I think it's about 20 stories high, so you, you can actually go to the top floor. Um, but of course, when you, when you get to the top floor, you, you're kind of shooting top down and, and the angle doesn't really work. And I, I find that um, floors 7 to sort of 11 are the sweet spot for getting uh, this angle. I, I was actually back in Singapore last month. Um, Counting some more locations, um, but but obviously went back to revisit this shot. So I've got a couple more shots of this that I haven't published just yet. But um, I, I was there for sunrise, so I've got some different light at this location now, um, and it is it's just a spectacular. It's really an interesting viewpoint. Yeah, and I, I'm always talking about the same scene at different times of day, and so I love to. Uh, go if I have an opportunity if I'm in a place for a period of time or I come back uh, you know n next year different seasons and photographing uh, the exact same or very similar composition at different times of day I love I, I think that can make for a really nice series of images so is that something that you're thinking about doing absolutely yeah I mean, the, the one in particular that I got on my last visit um, it would have been I would estimate about 15, 20 minutes before sunrise. So uh, a lot of those skyscrapers in the background are backlit. So they're kind of appearing in silhouette. And then this foreground temple uh, is still relatively well lit by the streetlight. So it, it, it is really a completely different image uh, to this one. Um, but the composition remains the same. Yeah, I could see this at blue hour, sunrise with with clouds or more clouds because I do see some there. Um, and in your uh, your whales book, uh, I noticed that uh, you've got some really wonderful shots of long exposure with those clouds just streaking across the sky. Um, what what draws you to that type of photography? Uh, I, I think it's because it's. It's somewhat uncommon to see that kind of shot. You know, it's not the kind of thing you could just take with, uh, you know, with good fortune in an iPhone. You know, you, you need to know your equipment and you need to know your settings to get the shots like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, long exposures and, and night photography especially um, tend to be things that I gravitate towards. Um, not, not just because I think they're going to be you know, crowd pleasers or something like that. It's, it's just something that I um, really enjoy doing. And also, um, from a practical perspective, um, when I'm traveling, uh, you know, I, I, we've got a 17-month-old son now, and, uh, you know, he, he'll be uh, going to bed uh, early in the evening, and then maybe I can head out for an hour or two for some uh, for some night photography, and then come back to the room, and both my wife and him are asleep. So it's uh, you know it, it allows me to get my photography fixed when I'm on holiday without really disrupting my family's holiday too much. Interesting. The truth comes out. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, why don't you give our our our, our listeners? Uh, your top three or so tips for this type of photography, long long exposure photography. 
Can you give us some? Oh, uh, some, interesting. That's a good question. Yeah, pointers. Um, well, I, first of all, scouting is critical. So b- b- I, I didn't just chance upon this shot. You know, I, I'd done research before I even left for Singapore. I, I had an idea of, you know, what buildings were there and, and maybe some angles of how to capture them as well. Um, I visited this location during the day. So I already knew how to get there, and it was just a case of when when the sun went down, you know, head back, head up these stairs, and I'm good to go, you know. So, so scouting where possible uh, is very important, and there, and there is you can do some of that ahead of your trip. Of course, there are you know you can go on Google Maps and you can uh, you know you can scout Instagram and that sort of thing. Um, I. Uh, started to use uh, an app called Snap Guides, uh, and now I, I, I must disclose that I now work for them, um, so it's a bit of a plug me saying this as well, but um, uh, when I was uh, preparing my book, actually, um, I was looking for good locations to shoot uh, on the island of Anglesey in North Wales, and I discovered this app, and I was blown away by it, it, it really had everything that I needed as a photographer to, to, to scout a shot without physically being there. You know, it was all the information I could really need. Um, so yeah, I, anyway, I'll come back to that in a minute, but um, there's a lot of scouting you can do ahead of time. That's, that's the number one tip. Um, the second tip, which uh, is probably obvious, but worth repeating, is that you've got to invest in a good tripod. You know, um, I know that there are, you know, super like travel tripods on the market that do well up to a certain point but when you're talking you know 30 seconds 60 seconds uh when you're talking about uh certain weather conditions you know that is when you sort of reach the limit of capability with with that equipment so uh it's not always possible i know with travel photography and you've got to travel light but wherever possible i like to take a fairly you know, heavy-duty tripod with me for these long exposures because it really does make the difference between a good image and uh, a fantastic image that's just tack sharp all the way through. Um, and you asked me for third tip. What would my third tip be? I guess it would probably be um, in investing in a good set of filters uh, for uh, whatever lens it is you're shooting with. Uh, now, we typically associate ND filters with sort of sunsets and daytime long exposures and that sort of thing. One thing I like to do with a graduated filter is actually uh, put it on upside down when I'm shooting a scene, kind of like you see now in this Singapore picture, um, where there's a heck of a lot of light in the foreground and lower down in the scene, and maybe the sky's quite dark. So by just inverting uh, a graduated ND filter, you can actually get a, a, a much more even shot uh, from top to bottom. So that would be uh, one more tip to add to the list for you there. Wonderful. Great stuff. And uh, yeah, scouting uh, wasn't one of the tips that I expected you to say, but it makes so much sense in all types of photography, especially when you have limited time uh or, or, or you actually have more time because you have time to scout, but then you're able to come back 
And, uh, you know, maybe you, you peek out the window of your hotel and you see there's some great clouds. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to that spot that I was earlier. I know where it is exactly. I know exactly the yeah. floor I want to go to and what a gear I need. I mean, it's just so important to be prepared like that, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, it's one thing that I try to be quite upfront about whenever I'm asked by uh, fellow photographers is, you know, a lot of the work in my portfolio you know, had a lot of planning behind it. You know, the, the best shots very rarely happen by accident, especially when it comes to landscapes and cityscapes. You know, it's all about putting yourself in the right place at the right time. And whatever planning ahead of that time you can do is time well spent. Yeah, great advice. Well, as we wind this down, uh you, you spoke about the snap guides and uh, Luca Sanko is a very good friend of mine and I uh, work with him in uh, Slovenia and Croatia and Montenegro and uh, he's been on the show before along with Dan Brischke, his uh, one of his guides and partners and uh, tell us about the snap guides a little bit more. Sure, um, so I, I mentioned a little earlier that my uh my day job up until very recently was as a, a web developer and coder. And, um, you, you know, Snap Guides have got a very good app and the feedback is wonderful. Uh, the one thing that to date has been missing is a web version of that. Uh, so I came into the team at Snap Guides uh, to prepare uh, a couple of location guides. I've got one out already to Bratislava in Slovakia and I've got a couple of other guides to various regions of South Wales in the pipeline, so look out for those. Um, but really, uh, as the relationship developed and we just got talking, uh, we realized that you know I have a skill that they were sort of looking for, so it was, it was just a completely organic sort of fit. Um, I, I went out to visit Luca actually in, in Ljubljana uh, back in April to sort of get to know him better and also uh, Jules who's the other co-founder of the company um, and I was invited to join the team so my job now my day job as it were is to prepare the, the web version of a snap guide and uh, I, I really hope that people are going to love it you know we've got a bit of a we've got a bit of a responsibility now uh, as we get larger to be more socially and environmentally responsible for the places that we send people to, uh, especially when it comes to things like um, national parks, you know, that, that's very much a hot topic at the minute. Um, so we're trying to build a new version of the app and uh, a web version uh, for the company where, you know, perhaps people can contribute their own spots perhaps or contribute their own additional information to a spot because location information is not static you know it would be super helpful if uh, you know people could feed back to us and say hey you know this place has got scaffolding up now it's not so good for a picture that sort of thing um, so there's lots of features that I, I, I'm building and I'm hoping in the first quarter of 2019 that will go as a, a beta release and uh, I hope your listeners will check that out and uh, you know see if we got some stuff that would interest them um, and separate to, uh, to snap guides, I'm obviously a working photographer. I've got a small studio uh, here in Wales. I also lead people on workshops. 
So uh, one of the things I, I always preach about is that uh, Wales as uh, a destination for photographers, I feel is kind of overlooked, you know, we, we've got so much, we've got beaches, you know, mountains, rivers, waterfalls, castles, uh, our dark skies are some of the best in the world, you know, when the weather's good, of course, um, and, uh, you know, everybody's heading to Iceland and to Scotland and the Faroe Islands, and I think uh, Wales is, is just bubbling under the radar just a little bit, so, um, you know, if, if your, your listeners want to check Wales out, um, do come check my site out. It's www.matthewbrown.co.uk, and uh, I would be happy to take somebody on a, uh, a photo workshop here in Wales. Great, and we'll certainly put links to that in the show notes. Uh, it's funny about the Snap Guides. I remember and, and talking about scouting. I was with Luca in Parast, Montenegro, scouting. And he and I were sitting having a beer, and he was telling me about his app, this new app that he was developing. This was probably three, four years ago. And uh, here he is, and uh, doing very, very well. So I'm really happy about him. And I, and I have an app as well, so I know how difficult it is to create one and then to have one that's so dynamic and changing and you know, having contributors and things like that. And now the website, I think it's great. Love to see it. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on, and uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of the, the the stuff that goes on under the hood, as it were, you know, <laughs> I don't think uh, people always realise just how much goes into something that, on the face of it, seems like quite a simple feature, and it's part of the reason why, um, you know, it, we're putting the time into doing this right. Um, you know, we we don't really want to launch with half a product. We want people to open it up, and you know really say wow and I, I must say as well it, it wouldn't be possible without uh, uh, the photographers who have contributed their knowledge to the app already you know the, the, the content that is in the app already is exceptional I'm privy to some of the stuff that's on the way and it's 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 gonna blow people away I think yeah that's great I mean I, I've had mine out for I think eight or ten years now and it's a fairly simple concept of a shot list and it's not something that changes or anything but boy oh boy was there a lot of work that went into it every decision of you know where the button should be what color it should be uh, yeah just every you know little decision to make was uh pretty pretty i'm right there with you yeah. i'm right there with you <laughs> great well uh, I do appreciate your being on the show. Again, congratulations on uh, your winning image, and we'll be sure to link to you in the show notes. Uh, anything else you want to add real quick? Oh, do you know what? I think I've probably uh, I've, I've done all the plugging I have to do, I think. So, uh, yeah, we're all good. We're all good. Okay, good deal. Well, folks, uh, thank you very much for listening. For those of you who'd like to find out more about what I do, you can go to photoenrichment.com, see what trips we have coming up. Uh, I've got some spots left on my Cuba trip in February 2019, uh, just introducing Armenia and Georgia for September, October of 2019. Costa Rica's a new trip, Portugal. And uh, all these trips are starting to sell out. So if you'd like to get in, go to photoenrichment.com. And you can also find me on all the social media networks, at Ralph Velasco and at Photo Enrichment. So in the meantime, 
let's get out and shoot.